welcome back to Travel Day Episode 8. I am Jackson Van Pelt here with Nolan Faber. Our eighth episode already, kind of uh, kind of crazy. We're getting close to double digits now. Um, today we've got a, a great episode for you. We're going to get into some Iowa State basketball since uh, football was on the bye. So Nolan's going to have some great stuff for you there. We're going to have Iowa's uh, football recap against Minnesota. I'm calling it, uh, what am I calling it again? Fair Catch Gate. The Fair Catch Gate or the Fair Catch Game. It was just, we'll, we'll get into that. But anyway, uh, we'll have your AP Top 25 and some uh, college football pickums. And uh, we'll get into some World Series preview uh, for the MLB, even though, as we're recording this, the Phillies and the Diamondbacks will be playing Game 7 tonight. And uh, we'll finish it up with some trivia, and no one will be asking the questions tonight. So stay with us as we're going to get right into basketball here in a second. So now it's time for the basketball section, our first basketball segment on this show. Um, it's almost that time of year. It really is. It's, it's getting on as fast, and fall's approaching, even though it's still 70 degrees outside, but, you know, not that I'm complaining. No. It's uh, almost November, and you can wear shorts outside. It's pretty nice, you know? Yeah. It's pretty great. But uh, you know what else is great? Iowa State basketball. And that's, I'm saying that as an Iowa fan, because, well, I mean, both teams are great. It's great for the state. So uh, what do you got for me? Um, I'll start off with the women's team, since that's kind of where the most questions are related to both men's and women's basketball this year. Uh, the women lose top three scores from last year's team. Two went on to the wow. WNBA, and then uh, Lexi Dor- Dornowski transferred to North Carolina this past offseason, which created some buzz because a lot of former players from last year's team transferred, and there was some speculation that Fenley's culture was kind of the reason why. Mm. But a big person in saying that it's not that, like that's not the issue, was Emily Ryan, who returns, which was really big for this team. To have someone with a veteran presence and who can lead who can lead the team as being the point guard, the main thing about this team is the freshman class that came in. It was ranked, I think, thirteenth in the country, which is really good. I think all of them were four stars or above. Um, we brought in three top sixty recruits, which is really good, especially when most of them are in state. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how well these freshmen pick up the the speed of the game. Yep. Their main freshman that they brought in is from Missouri. Um, so they brought in Audie Cooks from Bishop Garrigan, which here in Iowa. Um, another forward, Jalen Bristow from Texas, I believe. Uh, Kelsey Jones, the younger sister of Ashley Don- Jones, won an Iowa State great. Yep, yep, yep. Brought in Kansas, a Kansas guard, Addie Brown, who was highly touted out of high school, and then a four-star guard out of Roosevelt and Ariana Jackson. Audie Cooks and Addie Brown, I think, are going to be the big two coming out of this class just based off how well they performed in high school. Yep. I'm interested to see on how well Audie Cooks is able to keep up with how long she's able to stay on the court. Because she is, she's bigger than most girls in, in D1 basketball. Oh, I actually know who that is now that you said that. Yeah. Yeah, she. Yeah, because she dominated, because she was, uh, what, that was the one at Bishop Gergen? Yeah, a one yeah. school here. So she obviously dominated in high school because she was absolutely just, she's just I mean, bigger. She's, she's and six just, three and just right. and is able to bully everyone in right. the post. And so in a 1A you know, school system in Iowa, yeah. that's a lot easier to do. Yeah. And it shows she scored 49 points in their yeah. state championship game. Yeah. So I mean that'll be that'll be exciting. I I, I am interested to see how she's going to adjust yeah. to college. That will be because I mean obviously you know she's going to have to be the main presence right. in the post for and this those, team. I mean college yeah. college uh, players are going to be bigger and faster, stronger. So she's not going to be able necessarily to bully her way like she did in high school. No, but so, the key, like it is for every team with with Iowa State wins basketball, is can they shoot the three mm-hmm. and can they shoot it well? Yeah, because Iowa State is a team that lives and dies by the three. If they if they live by the three, they will be very successful but it, they have to live by it more consistently than they did last year. And I think that's where their struggles came in. 
Are you surprised they're not uh, ranked preseason? No, just because of how much people left okay. from last year. All right. I mean, it's hard to be come in with high expectations when you lose your top three scores. That's true. Okay, moving on to men's basketball. This is probably one of the most anticipated or exciting starts to a season, I think, since like the Monte or the Niang era. Mm-hmm. Just with all the expectations that come in, we know they're going to play good defense. Mm-hmm. That's just that's their personality's defense. But I think the big goal this year is can they improve offensively, and I think they can. They did lose their top two scorers from last year's team. But the big thing was it was thirteen and eleven points, so it's not really. <laughs> That's not it's a. Not, it's not a big. Loss. I was gonna say not a big hole to fill. I no. didn't say. But I mean, they return twenty four points per game from returners, which is, in my mind, not that good. But they do bring in forty one points per game from transfers. Yeah. Which is a big, big deal. The, the main the main transfers were Keyshawn Gilbert and Curtis Jones from guards from UNLV and Buffalo. They both can shoot it really well, especially from three. Uh, Gilbert was 39% last year at UNLV, and Jones was 36%. So that will help a lot on the perimeter. And hopefully it, it gives Tamman also – he doesn't have to be the primary ball handler either. Mm-hmm. So he can actually go around, kind of have more freedom in the offensive game. And the big thing with Tamman too is is can he show that he can shoot the three ball? That's what I was thinking too. He's got to be able – I think if you guys want to have a more successful year, you need to get Lipsy yeah. more points overall. I, he's obviously a great assist man, and he's great – He's like, a great point guard. He's a great point guard, but he needs he needs the points in order to push you guys over that hill, I think. And I think if he's able to shoot the three, he will get those points. Because yes. last year, the, whoever was guarding him would just sag off into the paint and just basically dare him to shoot it, and he just he never shot it. Yep. But the big thing – is the class that they brought in. I agree. Freshman class. Huge class. Um, highlighted by five-star Omaha Baloo from Waukee. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah. Waukee grad right here, by the way. Yeah. Five-star, he's ranked 13th in the country. Uh, highlights this freshman class, which was ranked 7th in the nation and number one in the Big 12. Milan Monkalovic, a four-star out of Wisconsin. He was ranked 37th. Those two right there are going to be the key factors to this team. So yep. They're both forwards, and they can both stretch the floor, open up the game a little bit more. I think we'll see a lot more freedom and motion with his offense instead of just kind of like doing the dribble handoff around the three-point line right, right, like right. we've seen before. I think the big surprise was uh, was JT Rock. He he is an early enrollee, so he graduated high school early to join this team a year ahead, if wh- whoever doesn't know what an early enrollee means. Uh, but he will redshirt this year, which I like that he enrolled early because yeah. now he, he'll have a full year of the culture, one full year true, of practices true. with this team. And the dude's seven one. Oh wow. Yeah. I so wish I was that tall. There's, Actually, no, there's a lot of excitement for him tall, dude. coming into the next coming years. But going in with this team, it's gonna be is can they shoot the three and can they shoot and make their free throws? That's free throws last year was the reason why they would lose games. Mm-hmm. Um and that's what kind of cost them in the postseason too. They would go on a stretch where they would be really good offensively, but when they get fouled and went to the line, they weren't able to make their free throws. I mean, highlighted because they the other teams would foul the right guy, a.k.a. Robert Jones, who only shot 45% from the free throw line. Yeah, that was bad. I yeah. remember that. I'm expecting a lot of big things from this team. A lot of expectations I think will be hard to meet early on, but once they get rolling, I think they'll start to fall into a groove and really be an impact in the Big 12 this year. I think their goal for the non-conference is at least 12-1, and 11-2. Okay. I th- I think that's they're gonna they're gonna have to get to that point in order to get to the NCAA tournament because the Big Twelve is gonna be a bloodbath this year. Yep. All right, stick with us. Uh, coming up is Iowa football recap against Minnesota. Stay tuned.
All right, it's time for Iowa football recap. And man, I am depressed, as many Hawkeye fans probably are. Actually, I think more Hawkeye fans are ticked off than they are. They're pissed. more pissed than yeah than they are than sad. sad. Right. They have every right to be pissed. off, I agree too. too. I mean, look. I got super excited watching this in the hotel room. I was in St. Louis this weekend for my sister's softball tournament. Um, watching this in the hotel. Okay, so as soon as Minnesota took the lead, I was basically done. I was like, oh, we're, we're, it's over. Our offense can't do anything because Deacon Hill did not have a good game, obviously. He hasn't and had a good game I, ever. Right. But besides that, as soon as Cooper DeGene picked up the football to try to return it, I'm like, oh, what is he doing? And then, according, of course, he breaks free because he's Cooper DeGene and he's the best player maybe ever i don't know he's just he's crazy anyway cooper DeGene comes through scores a touchdown i'm going nuts and then i'm like oh they're reviewing you know they got to review he's out of bounds i'm like okay so i watch the replay i'm like oh he's not out of bounds let's go this is huge we're gonna take the lead we got, our defense should be able to stop him and then they cut to kirk this is before they even announced it they cut to kirk and kirk's saying something i think it was just to the offense and he's like something something ball at the 46 and i'm going what why would it be why why is this not a touchdown there's absolutely no reason that this shouldn't be a touchdown. And, of course, it comes out that apparently he waves his left hand, even though it it's it was an invalid fair catch signal, whatever. Yeah. According to the rule book, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a fair catch signal. It's supposed to be above no. his shoulder. That is the proper fair catch. Yes. But I can kind of see where they have the invalid fair catch in play, kind of, because you can kind of, like, wave your arm down here. And kind of like mimic he you're going to do telling, to defender, but he was telling. I know what he teammates. was trying to do, but okay, I know but why the rules in place. I understand that, but the fact that you, that that's even like allowed to be reviewed in that context, they weren't looking for that. They were looking for the guy no. going out of bounds. Like there's absolutely no reason that 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 touchdown should have been called back. And in my opinion, I don't think they even look at it, or at least don't look at that part if there's not a touchdown. They don't review it if there's no touchdown. And that's what that's what you know takes me off the most is that this this refereeing crew had the audacity to finish that game it was a horrible game i'm not saying iowa played well i don't think they deserve to win that game but no. both both things can no be true. team deserve to win that no. game but <laughs> big 10 west both things can be true in the fact that iowa did not deserve to win that game but they also got robbed of that game yes both things can be true welcome and welcome to the world of iowa state it was just oh my goodness and now again that cooper running the ball back in that situation for a touchdown should not have been the deciding factor iowa had every opportunity to take minnesota in this this game the first series on offense was actually fantastic and we came out throwing the ball and throwing it well and that was he had more uh yards in the first series than he did all game last week i think that's where he got all of his yards i think he did in the first series that's why i was excited and and we got it down to the five and then we can't punch it in and we score a field goal and i'm like well that's disappointing but you know maybe better things to come and then after that it's like they didn't even know how to play the game minnesota won the game on the on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Yes. They bullied the a Hawkeye line, the defensive line, and the offensive line. I would I would say the defensive line had its moments, got in there, got some sacks, whatever, yeah. put some guys on the ground because our defense is elite. But our offensive line couldn't stop anything. And it's not hard and I don't it's I can't even put that all on them because no. when they're not even thinking about the pass because Deacon yeah. Hill can't make a pass what else are they going to do? I mean, yeah. you can block all you want, but those guys are going to find a way this, to get in. Like, this goes back to, like, the conversation with Iowa State earlier in the year. is like, when you're one-dimensional like Iowa is, it, it's really easy to defensive game plan against them. Because all you do is, is you put eight guys in the box, you bring, and they all rush to stop the run, and you dare Deegan Hill to make a good pass. Exactly. And he hasn't shown that he can make a good pass. 
Labus should be the starting quarterback next game. They have a bye week to get him ready. And I don't exactly know who they're playing. I think they're playing Northwestern, I want to say. Yeah, at Wrigley. So that is a game that should be won, should be won by a lot. You give Labus the ball, you give him a shot. Because there is absolutely no reason that Deacon Hill should be on that field for that game. Zero. He had what three I, what, turnovers by himself this yeah. last week. What I want to know is, what is Labus doing in practice to not get playing? That is what I'm saying. But they said the same thing about Petrus last year. And obviously, Petrus did not show any kind of talent on the field. But they're like, oh, he's doing well in practice. He's doing well in practice. And they're doing the exact same thing here. But the way they're saying it is, they're saying it's it's by far. He's by, by far, far better. Exactly. Which doesn't make any sense to me because I'm pretty sure I could go back there and make it close. Because Deacon Hill... There's just there's so much much difference between a game and practice. Yeah. Because even if you're running full on eleven on eleven, yeah, Deacon Hill knows he's not going to get hit. Well, there is a thing like there's a practice guy and then there's a gamer. Right. There's a difference between the two. Deacon Hill's not a gamer. Not a gamer. He's, no, he's not. And and, and, it, and I think it shows with Iowa's play calling too. They're playing not to lose the game instead of playing to win. Instead of playing to win. I don't. And once you start to play the win, is when you start to actually see some improvement and your team actually starts to take that next step forward. The biggest thing for me is just between the first drive and the rest of the game, Deacon Hill-wise. He, his passes were, for the most part, on point. I think he had one incompletion, maybe two, the first drive. But he hit Deontay Vines on a great pass down the sideline. Deontay Vines made a heck of a catch. That, yeah, that was he all was, Vines. That was not Deacon Hill. Well, Deacon Hill put it where it had to be, though. Yeah. He put it on the line. He didn't, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Otherwise, he would have chucked it 15 feet over his head, or it would have been to the left, picked off, whatever, for the rest of the game. So... 10 points scored, obviously not helping Brian Ferentz. I think Brian Ferentz should be, if you don't want to fire him, put him at the O-line coach. Put somebody yeah. else at the uh, OC position. Um, I saw on Twitter someone wanted the wide receiver coach. I can't remember the, his name off the top of my head. Wanted him uh, to be the, o, uh, the OC, and I'm down for it. I, put Petrus in the OC position. I don't care. I think Pick Petrus would actually be a good option. I, I think don't even he, care. I think Petrus, he's smart enough to know what to do. He When he played, he was smart enough to know what he did mm-hmm. to do, but he couldn't do it. So I think he would be. I think he'd be the perfect option for offensive coordinator for the system that Iowa wants to run. I think mm-hmm. he'd be perfect for it. Iowa had one offensive touchdown in that game, and that was almost always, or almost always, it was almost only because of Minnesota's penalties in that series. Yes. And it, it um, did take him three tries to get Deacon Hill it, over the goal dude, line. It was fourth and goal. It would have been fourth and goal if the guy hadn't slapped the ball away. I know. And I'm like, I'm like, and then, they, and then, six, I, then Iowa would have kicked four? a field goal, and you would have lost oh twelve my. to six. It was just, it was just a frustrating game. Uh, no, again, no one deserved to win that, but no. Minnesota wanted it more. Just and plus, it doesn't help that Iowa only gained two yards of offense two in yards. the second yep. half. We had eleven yards of, of we had eleven rushing yards the entire game. Eleven. Yeah. That's just getting beat up front, and um, they're gonna have to. I, I'm I'm honestly very happy they have a bye week, so I can not stress about it for one weekend. Yeah. Because oh my goodness, this is a frustrating team to watch. Maybe the most yeah. frustrating in the country. Just because you know the potential you have as a team, when your defense is this good, when your special teams is this good, and they don't want to adjust anything on offense to make them better. No, and that's that's the that's what it boils down to. So, anyway, now that I'm I'm just trying to cool down here, we're gonna move into our college football segment. So stay with us. The band music has played, and you'll know what that means. It is time for our AP Top 25 and our pickums, starting with the AP Top 25. So, one through four has not changed. It's Georgia, Michigan, one through Ohio six State, hasn't changed. Florida State. Well, I can't see that on my yeah. screen. My screen's not big enough. Sorry. All right. Well, who's who's five and six then? If Washington, you got it Oklahoma. All right. So those have not changed. 
not surprising. Not a whole lot of change in this. I think poll there's some discussion you can have on how it should be adjusted. I think there should be some change in that top four. You do? I think Ohio State should be the number one team. Mm, yeah. Mm. They have the resume. They do. Beat a top 10 Notre Dame team on the road. I don't think Georgia should be the one. No. I would agree with you on that. I think um, Michigan maybe. I think Michigan should have that spot at the one before Ohio State, though. Uh, I know Ohio they State's don't have the resume. resume. I know, I know. But, I mean, once they play each other, we'll, I mean, we'll know. Right, Ohio State. Michigan. It's not. It's not every day where a team can have two top twenty, top two, top ten wins, mm-hmm. and not move up. True. Uh, Texas is in at that seven spot. They moved up one. Oregon moved up one to the eight. Alabama moved up two to the nine. So nothing crazy there. Penn State drops three to the ten after the loss to Ohio State. Oregon State up one to the eleven. Old Miss up one to twelve. Utah to thirteen up one. Notre Dame up one to the fourteen. LSU up four to the fifteen which is pretty cool to see. I mean, I like LSU all right. They're okay. Missouri up 4-16, to the 16, really good to see as, as a 7-1 and one SEC I think team. A, I think that's the shocker this year. They had 100% as a shocker, especially in the SEC. Yeah. Um, North Carolina drops 7 spots to the 17 after their loss to the 1-5 Virginia Cavaliers. 2-5 and five now. 2-5 and five now. Um, not a good game for them. No, Louisville. That is a really bad loss. That was a bad loss. Uh, Louisville up three to the eighteen. Air Force up three to the nineteen. Still sitting at an undefeated seven and zero mark. Although they are on the Mountain West. Uh, Duke down four to the twenty um, after their loss. Tennessee down four to their or to twenty one after their loss to Alabama. They were leading Alabama at the half, then did just decided not to put up any more points in the second half. So that's tough to see because I really like to see Alabama lose. Uh, Tulane up one. They're at six and one on the season. They're at the twenty-two. UCLA at the twenty-three, up two spots. USC after their loss yet again. Caleb Williams again could not come through. They dropped to the twenty-four and uh, the twenty-five spot. We love to see it. About about time. James Madison is That's in there. That's what I'm talking about, baby. At seven and zero at the twenty-five. Could argue they could be above at USC just on record. Okay, based, well, not going to yeah, go that far. Let's 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 rein it in there a little yeah. bit. All right, come on now. Uh, yes. Florida is receiving the most votes outside the top 25 at 34, but Liberty right I think this 17. is probably the most clear-cut top 25 we've had in a while. I would lot. agree. I would agree. I mean, there's not, like, those others receiving votes aren't, like, I mean, Florida, you know, whatever. They're Florida. You can get them in there every once in a while. But, like, they haven't shined at all this year, no. really. So, I mean, they have they had 130 less votes than James Madison. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think this is your top 20. This is a good top 25. I think the, the pairing, or the pairings, the... The locations for each team are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't really argue anything, to be honest with you. No, I I like I like said, the, four, the only argument make was Ohio State. I think yeah. should be number one. So um, we're gonna get into pickums now because I don't really have much else to talk about the top twenty-five. Like no. we said, we love it. So uh, let's just get right into it. You know what the score is for that? You beat me this week. Let's past week. Go. Took finally. you long enough. I know. Finally, yeah. but I'll take it. Wasn't a big win. margin. I mean, you got eight of the ten right, and I got okay. seven of them right. All right. Um, we both got Iowa wrong. Um, we well, got Ohio State right over Penn State. Yes. I thought Penn State's quarterback I would took play home, a lot. Baby. I thought he would play better, to be honest. I know, but I took Ohio yeah. State at home. I was smart. Um, you did get West Virginia wrong against yeah. Oklahoma State, and the big game that came down to the wire was that Clemson Miami game, double overtime. Miami. And Miami baby. came out with the win. Go Hurricanes! Let's go. Yeah. So right. we've got this week. You haven't done yours yet. No. Oh man, we're both we're both picking at the same yeah, time again. We're both gonna wing it. This is <laughs> well. I always wing it. You're yeah. the one that always comes prepared. Yeah. Well, so I'm leading by three total pickums. Okay, picks that's right not, now. That's not horrible. But I do have you beat by two weeks in the tiebreaker. Also, if it ever comes hor- down to that. I was gonna say. Well, hey, if I, you know, a little bit at a time, man, and I'll yeah. be right there. So, 
we're gonna do a thing today where we're gonna try to we're gonna try to both make our picks in 20 seconds or less because sometimes we we like to like think way too hard about it and i think that actually hurts us in the long we're run, gonna try so and go with our gut this go time with our gut exactly so 20 seconds i'm gonna pull it up on my phone really quickly and oh, we're actually getting real official i'm getting this. really official all right all right so as soon as he says the teams the clock starts all right both have to make the, the first one we got number 20 duke at number 18 louisville Oh, man, that's really hard for a first one, actually. I'm going with Louisville. Mm. Yeah, I like Louisville at home, unfortunately, for Duke, because I like Duke a lot, too, but yeah. Duke didn't look good this week. Yeah, I just, at Louisville at home, Louisville's looked pretty good this yeah. year. So. This one, this next one's easy for me. Iowa State at Baylor. I'm going with Iowa State. Taking Iowa State, not because you're taking Iowa State, but because I strictly think that Baylor is the worst team in that situation, because uh, they're just not good. Yeah, they're the worst of it's a it's a toss up, but like Baylor's not good. It's a toss up just because it's at Baylor, and Iowa State has looked good on offense lately. So yes, and the defense has finally stepped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we got a little in-state rivalry: mm-hmm. Miami of Ohio at Ohio. <laughs> I don't know. Ohio. I'm, go- I'm going with Ohio. I wanted to go with Ohio too, just for their quarterback, because when I watched him against Iowa State, he was pretty good. So I'll mm-hmm. give him that. Uh, next, we got a Big Ten West powerhouse matchup. I'm sure Purdue at Nebraska. I'm taking Purdue because I don't like Nebraska. I'm going Nebraska. I think you're probably right, honestly. That was a stupid decision. Yeah, I mean, I think Purdue is very good at playing, not playing spoiler, but like doing well on the road, I would say, at least in these past couple of years. So I, I think they've got a shot, and it's a Big Ten West game, so anything can happen. Yeah. Next, we got number eight, Oregon, at number 13, Utah. Oregon. I'm going with Oregon. Oregon's as well. number one offense in the country right now, I believe. So yeah, uh, Oregon, uh, Oregon's probably going to take that one. And Rising is not is out for the year. So out for the year. So a lot of still questions there, but Utah's got a gamer at quarterback, yep. and it showed last week. He is a pig farmer, by the way, if you didn't know. <laughs> Next we got Wyoming at Boise State. Ooh, dude. I'm going with Wyoming. Wyoming, I'll give you my reason later. I won't help you out here. I'm going to take Boise State at home, but I do think that's a toss-up game. That's really good. Dude, Wyoming's been rolling this yeah, year. Yeah, I know they have. That's and Boise State hasn't been the Boise State of old. Yeah, but we're just trying to take him at home. We're gonna see what happens. Yeah. Next, we got number one or number twenty-one Tennessee at Kentucky. Tennessee, I don't. I, yeah, Tennessee. Yeah, they looked they looked good the first half against Alabama. So we'll 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 we would think that that would equal two halves against Kentucky. Yeah. So next, we got Troy at Texas State. I'm going with Texas State. Yeah. So am I. Texas State. Troy didn't look good. I watched them like once this year. They didn't look good. So I'm gonna go with Texas State because yeah. I know more about them. All right, we got number 11, Oregon State at Arizona. I'm going Oregon State. At who? Arizona. Oh, yeah, Oregon State. All day long. Arizona's not a very good team, so that's fine. Yeah. We got UNLV at Fresno State, and I'm and I'm going Fresno. Fresno State, they've looked – I think they've, they've got the best record out of those two teams, obviously. But I uh, think, No, they're both 6-2. and two. Really? Yeah. UNLV 6-2? and two? Yeah. I don't know where I know. I'm still taking Fresno State because yeah. they're at home. That should be an interesting game. I, did, I thought UNLV was really bad. Yeah. Good for them. See, look how fast we go when we don't overthink it. It's yeah. crazy. And we're probably going to be more right than we usually are. Um, well, well, we'll see. But It's going to come down to the to two games this week. Okay. Well, so I can I can pull within one. You can pull within one. You can't tie it, but you can pull within one. I can one. pull within one. And you can also get close to the tiebreaker. I was going to say tiebreaker. I can, I can get another, uh, another point there. So, Awesome. Uh, well, stick with us. We're going to get right into the MLB portion of our podcast right after this. All 
right, it's time for our MLB segment. Uh, we are getting into the World Series preview with an asterisk next to it because the Phillies and the Diamondbacks have to play tonight in Game 7 of the NLCS. So I guess let's just go, we'll say, who do we think is going to win that game because that's obviously going to be the most important I thing. I think we should talk a little bit about it. Oh, we will, yeah. 100%. We have to. The Rangers win in seven games over the Astros. Love to see it. Me too. Every road team won that series, won the game. Won the games in that series, which is kind of weird. It is, but uh, a game we love game sevens, and I mean Rangers took them to town last night. So past two games, past two games, yep. After they got, uh, they they lost three at home, and then they come to Houston and like take two, like it's no big deal. So good for them. Um, I think it'll be a really interesting matchup against either one of these uh, NL teams. But first of all, we have to find out who it's going to be. We've got. I think we all know who we want it to be. Do we think the Phillies? I mean, just for the. Since I think just for the excitement fun. factor yeah, of it, I think it. it'd be fun. But I don't. I, I mean, the Diamondbacks are cool. I don't mind the Diamondbacks. Yeah. I mean, they're kind of a Cinderella story in yeah. a sense. They what, what the, the, eighty something games this year? Eighty four. Yeah, eighty four. To me, they remind me of the twenty nineteen Nationals. Yeah, 100%. with the run they had. Except the other team's gonna have Max Scherzer this time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. he hasn't been very good though. Yeah, that's true. But still, but he's on the team. Exactly. Um, so we've got uh, Fott, the rookie pitching for the Diamondbacks tonight against Ranger Suarez for the Phillies. You and me were talking about about this before uh, coming on the air here, or on the recording, rather. We think this is probably going to be a bullpen game. For both teams. For both yeah. teams. Um, I mean, once, it's, once, it's all hands on deck. It's game seven. Once, once the starter has his first hiccup, mm-hmm. you're probably going to see him get pulled. Right. I think any time they're in a dangerous situation, it's you, you can't risk it at this point. You just can't. You, might, you might only just see the starter only go one time through the order. Yep. I agree. I, think the, uh, I do think the Phillies will pull this one out tonight. I think uh, that their bats are going to come alive. They're not going to want to lose in front of their home crowd. This has to be the game. Trey Turner wakes up. Got to be. Well, and, and I think the past three games, I mean, past three games have been hitless. Has he really? I think so. Wow. While he's looking that up to make sure, the Phillies game seven lineup. Uh, he, is, he had one hit in their and they lost to the last one, the, the yeah, second one, the first one, second one at Arizona. Okay, yeah. okay. So he's got one hit in the last three games, four games. He's got three hits in the last five games. That's yeah, that's not great, but it's no. not horrible. Uh, the Phillies lineup tonight is going to be Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper, Alec Bohm, Bryson Stott, JT Wilmuto, Nick Castellanos, Brandon Marsh, and Johan Rojas. And I think it's crazy that this lineup is so stacked that you've got Nick Castellanos, who's been kind of raking, honestly, this postseason, hitting seventh. Yeah. I mean, there's. I mean, I mean that's much, just a really good lineup. I mean, if you look at it this way, pretty much almost every team in the postseason is an all star team. Mm, yeah, I kind of got to look yeah, at it that way. I guess. I guess. I guess. I would, I would, I would think that I, would, in my opinion, this is my humble, humble opinion, that the Phillies have a better lineup than the Diamondbacks because the Diamondbacks have tonight: Cattell Marte, Corbin Carroll, Gabriel Moreno, Christian Walker, Tommy Pham, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Evan Longoria, Emmanuel Rivera, and Geraldo Perdomo. Um, obviously, Perdomo's had his moments this CS, so I mean that's a pretty good nine hitter. Yeah. But I would again, I just think that the Phillies have a much stronger lineup. I think it'll be Fott hasn't had the best outings this postseason but again probably won't be in there that long anyway yeah so i mean if you can get if you can if you can get one time through the order get pulled without giving up any runs i think that's I, a victory in my mind i think whoever's got the lead after both starters are pulled is going to win this game yeah i would agree um i think both well maybe nobody will i think i think both bullpens are good enough to keep a lead where it's at i don't trust craig Krimble for the phillies i think they need to throw him early mm-hmm. because zach wheeler is available tonight out of the bullpen yep and i think they need to use him late Okay. Um, same thing with Zach Gallon, but I think I would rather use Zach Gallon earlier than later. Yep. 
just to keep a lead. If they have a lead, I'd put them in right when they got that lead. If they're behind, I would do the bullpen pieces until it gets kind of close to the end of the game mark, I think, for them. Yeah. So, hypothetically, the Phillies win. I don't know who's going to—I would think the Rangers would still pull out the World Series, more than likely. Um, I would, yeah. Just because they've they're been, the hottest team they, in the postseason. They've been right hitting now. so so well. I mean, I mean, even the losses to to the to Houston. I mean, yep. they were still putting up some good. Yeah, amount they of put up the runs. Numbers. Yep, exactly. And if the Diamondbacks somehow do pull this out and keep the Cinderella story going, then they will still get beat by the Rangers. So I think the yeah. Rangers are going to be your your World Series champions. But who knows? I mean, honestly, if the Phillies win tonight, I think it'll be a really good. I hope for seven games in the World Series. I always do. Yeah. As long as the Cardinals aren't in it, which they haven't been in a while, but. I always hope for seven. So I think, and I think the Phillies are going to give you the best shot at that against the Rangers. Yeah. All right, stay with us. We're going to get into our trivia segment, our last segment of the podcast, right after this. And welcome to our trivia segment. Nolan is our question asker today. What do you got for a score over there? Um, let me pull that up. He wasn't quick. prepared. Um, I'm leading. By one question. Oh my God! Oh, that's right. I'm ten for fifteen. Okay. You're so nine for fifteen. A lot of pressure on this one then, because since I, I'm like, it's like I'm the away team, you know. Yeah. I got I, I, you have these the one. Final, this final one will probably bat, these ones will be harder. Okay. It's just generic baseball. Okay. Um. So it's not about any favorite team or anything like that. All right. So it's baseball in general. Okay. Shoot. I'm not expecting a high score from both of us if you do the same thing next week. I probably will. So yeah. I'm not very creative. All right. First question. Who broke up at least 81 no-hitters with a home run? <laughs> what? One person? Yeah. One person broke up 81 no-hitters with a home run. You're overthinking it. Oh, you mean the pitcher? No. A hitter, a hitter did yeah. that? What do you mean I'm overthinking it? You're overthinking it. That's impressive. How does that's it, I would say it is impressive for what the context of this question is really referring that's to. That's so strange. It's a strange stat. There's been like 22,000, 23,000 players in the yeah. MLB. How am I supposed to know this? All right, I'll, get, I'll give you a little hint. Okay. It's referring to leadoff home runs. Oh. See why I said you're overthinking it? George Springer? No, it's Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson hit that many home runs? 81 leadoff home runs. I mean, dude, I don't even know how many he had in his career, but like. So now does it make more sense now? Yeah, that does make more sense. That's so stupid. I hate that question. That's 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 trickery in the highest yeah. degree. Whatever. All right. Next All right. thing. Next one. Who is the only player in history to hit a walk-off inside the park grand slam home run? Oh my gosh, dude. These are impossible. I don't know. Is it recent? No. Well, that's great. That, that helps me a lot. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. You will know this person. Will I? Yes. These questions you will know, I think you will know every person. Dude, there's uh, can you give me a team at least. Pirates. The Pirates. Clemente. You are correct. Oh my gosh, just threw that one out there. Uh, okay, sweet. That's the first guy that came to mind when he said not recent Pirates. All right. This next one's got two players for it. Okay. And you, you can only name one. I was going to say, yeah. I'm not going to be able to get both. All right. Who, is the on- who are the only two players to win a league MVP, a World Series MVP, and an All-Star Game MVP? Wow. There's only two players? Yeah, wow. and they played for the same team. You're kidding. Yeah, they played together too. Late 60s, early 70s. If there's anyone older than me that's listening to this, like substantially older, and is knowing this and is screaming at me because I'm, I'm young, okay? I don't I don't study history that well. Dude, I, I don't even know. I can't even think of a name to throw out. Early 60s, or yeah. late 60s. Early it's, an, it's an AL East team. 
Reggie Jackson. No. Uh, it was Brooks Robinson and Frank Robinson for the, the Orioles. Orioles. Okay. See, I don't even... Uh, yeah, really? Yeah. Wow. Good for Brooks Robinson. All right. Rest in peace. I would think you would get this one, this next one. Okay. Who's the only player to play for all four original expansion franchises and only those franchises? The original four? Yeah. I'm I not, not going to give you the teams because it would give it away. Yeah, I don't even... I can give you the years. Okay, go ahead. Two entered in 61 and then two more in 62. 61 were AL team, 62 were NL team. Bro, this is impossible for my brain to comprehend. Gaylord Perry, I don't know. No. It was Nolan Ryan. He played for the Angels and Rangers and Mets and Astros. Wow. I didn't know that. I thought he played for more teams than that, to be honest. Nope, those were the only teams. Hmm. All right, last question. Who was the first African-American player inducted into the Hall of Fame who had not played in the Negro Leagues? To give you a year? Um, 81. That's when he was inducted or that's when he played? That's when he was inducted. Okay. Pitcher. Mine Bob Gibson. Yeah, I probably. Oh, yeah, there we I go. Knew I just gave yes, away when I Cardinal said that. baby. Woo! All right, all right, all right. So that was two out of five, dude. Two those were five. those were hard. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna know these. But like, you did those, say you wanted them harder. Whatever, man. Hey, but I'm probably gonna get the same. You're right. You questions will. that you would. I no mercy. All right, well, that is going to be it for us today on Episode 8 of Travel Day. We thank you guys so much for uh, listening. Next week, Nolan will be back with his Iowa State football as they take on Baylor this weekend. I will be doing the basketball segment since uh, Iowa football will be on the bye week. We will have, I mean, World Series will be going on by then, so yeah. we'll have some good stuff. We'll have some excitement in that yeah, series. We'll have some trivia, no doubt, and uh, we hope you guys come back for Episode 9. But with that being said, I am Jackson Van Pelt along with Nolan Faber. Goodbye. <laughs>